Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm Andrea Kenny, and I am part of Team Emily. Thank you for tuning into this week's podcast. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review to help other boutique owners find this podcast. On this week's episode, Emily talks with co-owner of Boutique Decor and More, Jessica Hapney. Jessica earned her degree in apparel design and merchandising with a minor in marketing, and after owning her own boutique with her mom for several years, decided to share her talents of visual merchandising with others. Now their business, Boutique Decor and More, offers innovative marketing products and custom creations to the boutique community. Jessica is offering some tips on how to help decorate your boutique to maximize your space and also create a space that is both inviting and functional for your customers. Here's Emily's chat with Jessica. Jessica, welcome to the Booster Boutique Podcast. Hi, so happy to be here. <laughs> so I would love for you to just introduce yourself to our listeners. Great. Well, my name is Jessica and soon to be Jessica Morset, getting married soon. Got to put that plug in there. Yes, girl. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I've been in the boutique world since 2012 and started the adventure in 2013 officially, you know, opening a space and working in that field for years and years. And now it is transformed kind of like your journey into um, something a little different, found calling and passion in my current business, Boutique Decor and More. I co-own that with my mother, which is always so much fun. So we work with boutiques and doing visual merchandising and product development and really making their all it can be. I love that you come from a boutique background too. That's one of my like big things where I'm like, you, some people just don't get it. They like, don't get what it's like to be in a store all day or be behind right. a computer screen all right. day at night. And <laughs> Absolutely. So your store was in North Carolina? It was. Yep. So we had started, I was actually in college at the time. So cool. I was like, well, if I'm going to get a job in college. I'm going to make my own. Um, and luckily I have an awesome mother who was like, Hey, well, let's be, let's be business partners. So I went to Appalachian state university and I was there for apparel design and merchandising and business marketing. And so I got to work in it and go to school for it all at the same time, which what a hands-on learning experience. So yeah, we were there for years and we had decided to move um, closer home back to the Charlotte area. And that's when we, you know, really stepped into what we think is our passion and assisting other boutiques with you know, creating the spaces they really, really need and want. And that really, you know, speak to their clientele. It's a really cool job that you've created for yourself. I, (laughs) when you reached out to me, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I know there are people that are like good at this, you know, good at the visual and interior design, but to specialize in it, you must see so many different things. And I feel like today I really want to get 
our listeners on board with just like, how can they clean up their act in their store and like give them some tips and tricks and help them really like look at their store in a new way. Because I do think that whether you're just starting out and it's a brand new boutique or you've been doing this for a while, there's always room for improvement. Oh, absolutely. And there are so many boutiques out there, so many styles, so many just different opportunities to really, you know, brand yourself. And a big part of that is your visual merchandising. It is, you know, the experience you give to the customer um, in your space that really makes you stand out. So it is, it's, it's a lot of fun. We see everything you could possibly imagine, but it's, it's really enjoyable to be able to assist and grow because, you know, it, this coming from our, you know, background in specialty realty and, you know, being in the boutique the way that we did, it we it really, you know, gave us this idea because we struggled ourselves. We were like, oh, we are in our store every day, like you said, be behind the computer, you know, working in store. And we were like, gosh, we need to switch this up, freshen this up, move this. But when you see it so often and it's so ingrained, it's hard to get a fresh perspective on the space. You know, what kind of signage do we need? Um, Where do we get that? You know, what really, you know, speaks to our clientele? Do we need a sitting area? How do we implement that into, you know, what we're doing in the store? So it was really you know, being in the store that was like, wow, we see how much we are looking for someone. We wish we were there to, you know, be able to, to assist us in that time. So being able to grow into that and to provide that to others is absolutely fantastic. It's so cool. And you guys have done interior design otherwise, right? Like you've studied that and you kind of know like how to make a space feel warm and inviting but still sell things. Cause I think that I've seen a lot of people that have stores that are beautiful, but I'm like, can I touch things? Like, can I sit down? You know? And then there's people who are just go the other way where it's just all only merchandise and it feels very stark and bare. So tell me what you think is like the nice balance in a store of hominess or coziness, I guess, and actually being able to sell merchandise. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's always a little different, you know, per space, per store, per style. So any listeners, I don't want them to be like, oh, I have to do exactly this, but kind of a combination. And so that's why we work really personally with stores. But yeah, it's a really nice balance. So something, a tip I always give is, you know, as far as fixtures and displays go, like you said, you don't want to walk in and feel instantly like it's all about, you know, the sales. This is why we go to boutiques. It's for the experience. It's for that one-on-one. It's for, you know, that almost more like, like luxurious feel and, you know, where you feel comfortable, like you're talking about the cozy aspect. So really letting the merchandise speak for itself. I know a lot of stores that I work with have been in business for a long, long time. I mean, some even two decades and they have fixtures from two decades ago, where, you know, a lot of really heavy stuff, they'll use heavy furniture, bright colors in the fixtures, and it detracts from, you know, the product or the inventory. So I always recommend let it, let it highlight what you're selling. Let it, you know, really speak to that. So trimming that back, creating, you know, uh, you know, very sleek, whatever in this, you know, your specific style may be pieces to really enhance your inventory. So the customer, like you said, it's accessible. They can get to it. It's not 
something, you know, a lot of times that was really big to do really deep, really heavy pieces. Sometimes it's really hard for the customer to see product, to reach product, to even notice it because you're overwhelmed by the piece you're looking at. That may be beautiful, but you're not necessarily, you know, selling the piece or that fixture. So balancing that and, you know, letting it enhance the product. And then another thing I always mention is make it welcoming. Like you said, homey, cozy, come in, sit down. You know, when we, um, my favorite part of our store was we have a sitting area. We have a coffee table. We have a little love seat and lounge chairs, you know, have a little coffee cart there, you know, and invite them to come in and spend some time because that's something where, you know, when you go into a boutique, you want to, you want to spend time and like enjoy your, it's all about the experience. You know, that's why I choose going to a boutique over necessarily a big box store. It's for the experience. And creating that environment is so important and letting kind of that flow and complement the inventory and what you have and what your main priority there is to sell and not necessarily overshadow it. So it's a very delicate balance, but it's something that we work really hard to achieve. So they really work together in the space to, you know, complement one another. That makes so much sense. And I think we have a lot of people who listen to the podcast who are brand new. So like, Walk me through, if I'm going to open a brick and mortar store, or I mean, I I guess we can also talk about how this translates to like a vendor pop-up after, but tell me what do you think are sort of the key pieces that I need in my store when I'm just starting out to make an impact and to make sure that people are kind of flowing through the store in a nice way. And I'm highlighting what I, I mean, it's thinking about it, doing it over again, just like, it doesn't stress me out, but it, it was, it was a lot of work to put together a store. And it is. And you're like, you know, what do I invest in now? What do I invest in later? What Because it is. It is a lot of time and a lot of money to open a store and open it the way that you want to brand yourself. Because, I mean, you know that when you begin this, like that is your face. That is your branding, your first impression to everyone. Um, Whether you're in a small town or a larger town, you make such an impression on that opening. So I always say to that, having the the right visual pieces and merchandising to enhance your inventory is as important as the inventory itself. That's something we learned through, you know, whether it was making a mistake when we first started or, you know, succeeding in, you know, another way is we were like, wow, this is just as important as my, you know, new line coming in for fall. So I always say, this is how we do it because we understand, you know, we're on a budget for opening different things. We always you know, sit down in a consultation. All right, you are opening a space. What is your budget? And we're working from there and your space and, you know, what exactly it can hold. Always invest in high quality racks or anything to display your inventory because I've seen the most gorgeous inventory on not such pretty racks, ones that are not the quality or the level of the inventory they're selling. And it really detracts. You know, this is where you're really showing off what they're buying. And if the rack is wobbly or if it is, you know, you know, they're kind of not exactly to the level of your store, that makes an impact psychologically on the customer. You know, you want it to really highlight what's there. So doing that, investing in everything that first displays what you need to sell in order to survive in your business um, and thrive for that matter. So that's the first thing I always say. 
the second thing is um, obviously a cash wrap is important because that's where you check out. Right. Um, really investing in that space because nine times out of 10, when you walk into a brick and mortar space, that cash wrap is going to be in the center and it's going to be straight in the back. It might be there in a corner, but it always catches your eye because there's generally, you know, sort of decor setting around it or something like that. So really making that space beautiful and making it inviting because you're asking them to purchase your product. And that really to the customer, you want them to feel when they walk up that it matches, you know, what they're buying. And again, that level of quality and the experience continues even when they're swiping their card. So definitely pulling that all the way through is a really, really important piece. And then after that, I there's the three main things. The third being brand, brand, brand. So mm. make sure your signage. And I know there have been so many, you know, times where you order a new, you know, sign or something from somewhere else. And, you know, you have to do kind of make do with something temporary. But I always say, I'm like, when we're doing this, make sure you allow yourself plenty of time. Um, a lot of stuff. I mean, it is custom work, but your sign is you. Like that's what it is. Spending time and whatever you can in order to make that beautiful and to make that, you know, a truly representative of your store. So even walking in, you know, and I'm one that I'm like brand three times in a row, you know, have your, your sign out front, have your sidewalk signage on the ground. And when you walk in, you know, we love doing the beautiful gold letters on the back, you know, in, so you walk in and you know where you are. Cause how many times And this, I remember this happening and I was like, what? They walk in and they're like, wait, they're on the phone with their friend and they're like, oh, I'm at, I don't, I don't know where I am. What, what store am I in? I don't know. And they, they don't really remember. And I'm like, bring that branding of your name to the inside of your space so they cannot miss it. So when they're telling their friend to meet them at so-and-so, they look up on the wall behind the cash wrap or wherever, you know, it fits in your space. And there it is again. Um, they cannot miss it. So that's something else. I'm like, you know, this is a must, must, must when you are opening for a new store. I mean, and obviously, you know, refreshing for other stores too. It is really big because again, we know our name, but they don't know our name. So, so um, smart. I mean, I that's honestly a tip I would never think of because you're totally right. I've been in places mm-hmm. just walking through like a strip mall or things like that. And I'm like, wait, where am I? What place am I in? Especially if I've never been there. It's my first or second time. That's a really great tip. And I didn't do that in my brick and mortar store. I did not have another sign inside that said the name of my store. Interesting. We, that's something that hit us and we were like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, just having it there. And, you know, so they're not like, you know, hanging out the door, kind of looking at the sign outside and um, just, you know, really just cohesion, bringing it all full circle is such a big part of visual merchandising, whether it's the style or, you know, the interior aesthetic, or even, you know, you want to brand within that, you know, and combine that all together to the perfect mix. So totally. And I think my, my husband always talks about this saying, Dave Thomas, who was the founder of Wendy's, mm-hmm. talked about how the two most important bites of the hamburger were the first and the last. Because you know, like the first bite is like your first impression, like you were talking about. And then, you know, you know, a good burger, if a, if a good burger is like still in your hands and not 
falling apart and dripping all over you and just all the things are falling out of it. Like that's frustrating. You want it to be a nice compact hamburger <laughs> yes. that you can, you know, for lack of a better word, right? It's like you want it to like be good, not get all over you, but like taste delicious. And I think that's what you're talking about with the cash wrap too, about mm-hmm. making sure of that last moment where they're checking out, giving them enough space, giving them like room to actually put their purse down and right. you know, look through the merchandise and you give them maybe even there's an opportunity for an upsell there too. Having, do you suggest having like smaller merchandise around the cash wrap near the cash wrap? Oh, absolutely. It's, I am that person. I am that last minute. I'm going to pick this up and add it to it. So I definitely recommend it. But again, just making sure the space there is large enough because it's like a, you know, it can go one way or the other. It It is so great, but make sure I always say that it doesn't feel too cluttered or like you said, have room for your purse. And again, another good thing, you, in my mind, always have your website and social media up there while they're checking out because as they're ringing up and as they're bagging or wrapping in tissue paper, guess what? They'll probably be on their phone and they'll see it and follow us here or, you know, get 10% off today for following us. That's another big one, having it all there and just making it so accessible and such an easy flow with no, you know, bumps in the way that the customer just, it just flows. So that's, I definitely recommend that. I love that tip. I love that tip. Are you someone who is just tired of searching for answers about how to either get your boutique launched or get it to that next place where you feel like it's a real boutique? Maybe you just started last week, last month, six months ago, or you're planning to start very soon and launch your boutique in the next couple of months. I want to tell you about one of my best-selling programs. We've had over 450 people go through Boutique Basics Bootcamp. Why? Because there is so much to know when you open a boutique. And in this course, I give you an easy way to get yourself moving faster, moving in the direction of where you really want your boutique to be with my expert guidance. So I'm happy to tell you that Boutique Basics Bootcamp is open right now. And this is the live version where you get to work with me and my trained coaches through how to figure out who your ideal customer is, why your project assortment may not be selling and that's the reason you're not making the money you wanna make. We go through how to have a killer marketing plan, get your operations going and really launch with success. This is a seven week live coaching course that's open right now. Doors are going to close soon. I want you to join me for the next seven weeks. Let's give you a well thought out boutique business plan. Let's make sure you have the confidence to move forward, executing this plan in real life. And I truly want to make sure that you know who your ideal customer is and that you are serving that person with an amazing product assortment and marketing plan that's easy for you and that will attract all the people who need to see your boutique. All you need to do is head on over to www.boutiquebasicsbootcamp, all one word, .com, and you'll get all the details. You'll be able to register there. We have some great bonuses, some great payment plans, all the good stuff. I cannot wait to see you inside Boutique Basics Bootcamp. So tell me, like, what do you feel like is the biggest mistake that boutique owners make when they set up their store, they're setting up a space? I think it is doing too much, which is kind of funny. I think it is when you try to fill up a space visually so much to the top, whether it be 
too many fixtures, too many things, too much inventory to where a client or a customer just feels overwhelmed. Walking in and a way of balancing that, that's always something that I talk about because a lot of boutiques are in smaller, smaller spaces. They're specialty stores, you know, it's, it's not a Walmart size, you know, we're trying to fit a lot in a little. And I know people, you know, have a lot of great inventory to show, but it's really making it where stuff is too cluttered too stacked up. It almost looks like there's too much of a product because that's something else. Psychologically, a client, you know, I'll come back, you know, next week or a week later. But if you keep it limited and keep it fresh and keep one of each size or maybe two of each size is a trick we did. You know, it's something where they feel an urgency to buy. You know, they see that and it keeps everything clean and very orderly. And it's they can see you're not, you know, when you go to, you know, a big box store and you're trying to push back the racks you can't see the product, you can't feel it, it's falling behind other stuff. For a boutique, keeping it clean and accessible again, uh, that's a big part of the visual merchandising I always preach is, you know, making it accessible to the customer, you know, and getting kind of creative with that. And we have to, in a lot of spaces, you have to be creative, you have to make more vertical displays or, you know, find a different way to put things out, you know, to really keep it clean and open for them to be able to, you know, really see the inventory. Totally. I even talk a lot about when I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch, we would talk a lot about even what lays flat, what hangs, what's on a mannequin, because Mm -hmm. the customer needs to understand the sort of volume of a piece. And there would be things that, you know, we had these mock stores at our, it was the coolest thing. Like we could just go and we'd be like, meet at the store. And it's literally like in our office, we had mock stores of every brand. Wow. Yeah. So we go down and I remember there being some times where we'd have to say, nope, that needs to hang or nope, that needs to be on a wall with other things so that the customer understands it. I mean, do you find that there are opportunities you've seen for people to sort of play around with that in their store just to help people visualize, I guess, is really the big thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, finding in I, I, that is so fun. I love the idea of going in and like, you know, yeah. it's like playing store. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we had 106, the brand I work for, we had 163 stores. So it was like every week we'd go in, set up the store on the girl's side and the boy's side. And then that would all get photographed and sent out to all the stores to implement. So every, right. yep. it was really important in that brand for every store to look exactly the same. So you could walk in in Massachusetts or walk in in North Carolina and you wouldn't have to, like you said, spend the extra calories, spend the extra thought process on thinking, oh, where's that thing that I saw? And then, you know, I can run in the store and it's always the same. Absolutely. And that's a big part. I am a consumer behavior nerd. I love yeah, it. Cool. Um, I, my dream is to be a professor and teach that one day. I just like that whole idea, you know, because, and we've all been there. We've all been the customer as well as, you know, having the boutique. So, you know, no matter what store you walk into, like you said, it was like, oh, they're frustrated because they're trying to find something. And how many times have we walked out? I don't have time or I, you know, and you just get a little too frustrated with it. So that is totally understandable and really implementing, like you said, you know, what folds, what hangs, what is displayed on a mannequin, you know, really playing around with that is something, and that's something we love to assist with as well. If there's specific products, I've gotten emails or questions from clients that are like, I do not know what to do with this piece. What's the best way? So we'll walk through and talk about, okay, well, you know, displaying it here or, you know, is 
is it a bestseller? Do you want it on a mannequin? Or like you said, some things are better to feel the volume and to see them and to access them better to fold on a table. And, you know, even learning, it gets as, you know, detailed as learning how to fold correctly is so important. Um, So they have the nifty little like fold, kind of like the tri-fold pieces you can buy to yeah, help you like with that. I'm one of those people. Of plastic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a big deal because if you think about walking into a store, you know, it's the holiday season. I walk in and there is a, you know, stack of sweaters sitting there and they're all lopsided. Some are folded differently. Some are, it's stacked too high. I can't see what's behind it. You know, that's a really big deal um, in the merchandising process because it immediately detracts from everything else. That's something I'm a stickler on is, you know, walking into the store is, you know, everything's clean, everything. If a customer comes in, picks up three sweaters, messes them up, are we back refolding them properly? So the next customer that comes in gets the experience that we want them to have and what they deserve, you know, for being one of our customers, holding that to a really high standard. And a lot of that comes in with the visual merchandising. And I used to preach that, you know, even having a store and our girls that worked in the store, you know, I would come in and I was like, I could see, you know, there'd been three or four customers in, but nothing had been readjusted. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. So, you know, really, you know, making that a priority, um, when you are figuring out where everything goes, is like, okay, now we have um, a standard to maintain with the visuals as well, because it's, you know, it's really everything. And again, it speaks so directly to your product. Yeah, well, and I get pretty annoyed when I can't find my size because things aren't in size order like that. I'm like, just stack it, small, medium, large, extra large, like top to bottom, like, you know, on the rack. Like I get very frustrated when that is not happening. So that's an easy task to give your employees when there's nothing else to do. Maybe, you know, go (laughs) through the whole store and make sure we're still in size order because, you know, from a customer perspective, I don't want to search. No, (laughs) no. You know, you're there and this is your time. You're, and it's really, if we, you know, think about it, they're taking their time, you know, out of their day, their work schedule with whatever they could be doing. And they're choosing to spend it, you know, in your store. And that's really a big deal. If you stop and think about, you know, what that means as far as, you know, investment of time. So really honoring the customer is something that's like a big deal, you know, to me and always has been. Um, Like you said, like, and part of that is making sure the sizes are in line, you know, making sure the clothes are out of the fitting room. Um, Visually, that's always a really big deal, you know, and different things like that, making sure everything is set up and merchandised in a way that's accessible and easy for them to see and easy for you to market. It truly makes your life easier too. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about pop-up shops because there's a lot of people that do like vendor events and, you know, I'm kind of calling them pop-ups, but, you know, I think in that sense, when you're around other people that are vending, like what are some tips maybe you can give our like listeners about how to stand out in that marketplace and feeling, I know a lot of my people come to me and they feel like, how do I set myself apart? Obviously I have great clothes. I've put all this effort in, but visually, like what can we do to actually stand out amongst the crowd? 
Right. And I love pop-ups. This is something <laughs> we actually started off doing that before brick and mortar. Like, you know, a lot cool, of people yeah. do. And even when we had brick and mortar, I just, if there was an event I was going, I just really enjoy totally. it. Love it. I shop them every chance I get. But to me, in a space where nine times out of 10, if you are doing a pop-up or an event, there are going to be other stores there. You know, there's going to be other pop-ups, you know, whether they're different or similar to you. So really breaking that up by being, you know, very individualistic. I always suggest if, you know, to have a sign out there, which at a pop-up, you generally might have something small, maybe on the table or out there, but doing something on a stand, on a sign, like we do our shop signs for our, you know, customers. So something like that, it's like a stop shop sign. Like, yes, those amazing signs. Yeah. And them in, you know, really doing that because that's going to be like, which one do I go to out of the 20 in front of me? It really pulls you in. So, you know, utilizing something like that, you know, having again, brand reinforcement, there are not, there are so many times where I, you know, walk up to one and they don't have their name or their site, you know, it's something very minimal. I'm creating almost like a nice little space. So even like, like the faux hedge backgrounds at the back of your tent or however you're in your pop-up. So really creating a space, like outlining it with your racks to really be like, Hey, you've stepped into our store or our boutique, you know, aside from the tin on either side of us. So really establishing that I tell people, I'm like, bring a rug, put a rug down. So they feel like they are walking into your store, have multi-level tables, kind of like the, you know, the three tier coming um, down from the front, you know, really take it and elevate it to where it feels like they really truly walked into your store. Um, whether you do have a brick and mortar or, or don't really brand yourself in that way, you know, and it's really so fun. <laughs> great tips. So these are great tips. And I think honestly, if you're someone out there who's listening and you eventually want a brick and mortar, right. but right now you're working up the money and, and the time, maybe you have a nine to five on the side. It's also a really nice way for you as a boutique owner mindset wise to step in to your future right. self of mm-hmm. like, I do have a boutique. I'm not just a pop-up. I, I am something bigger. And right. for me, that's one of the, I mean, switching into mindset for one second, but like actually feeling like you are bigger time maybe than you kind of totally feel. These are great tips for really embracing that and making you know, putting your best foot forward, even though you feel like I'm not one of the big people yet, or I'm not that boutique might be, you know, the the established boutique in my town or whatever, but I want to be there. So I'm going to start acting like that today, even, even in my pop-up store. Absolutely. Really owning that. And I, you know, back to the branding again, that's so important. And it really does. Cause you can like visualize yourself in that space and you start to define your style. We work with everything from, you know, more boho stores. Um, We work with, you know, everything from very like more of a natural element. We work with, you know, super feminine to the top chandelier in the center kind of a store too. And, you know, at that point, like you said, being at that pop-up or that event, you really start to, you know, lean into your style because sometimes you don't know as much until you start and you really are able to get a better full, you you know, full picture idea of what you're going to want, you know, six months to a year down the road, you decide to open that brick and mortar. You already know from establishing your style and you know what to purchase as far as, you know, 
investing in your visual merchandising and all of that in your interior. So I love that as well, being able to see yourself. And, you know, that's always good for a boutique owner too, because we know what it's like. It can be lonely. It can be, you know, overwhelming. So being able to really visualize like yourself in that next step is so important. You've given us so many good tips. I feel like this is jam-packed. You sell a really cool sign that I feel like is kind of famous now, but like you said, (laughs) it's like this, it looks like a stop sign, but it says shop. Yes. And people can order that on your website, right? Yep. Absolutely. Okay, cool. And then you also have been talking a lot about how you work like one-on-one with stores. So how can people reach out to you? What's that process look like if someone's like, you know what? I am just not visually inclined. I really need someone to sort of step in and help me. What does that look like working with you? Absolutely. Yeah, we do. Um, Thank you for the shop sign (laughs) shout out. That's a tongue twister. That was actually what started it all, which is so So funny. Something we, you know, kind of thought up while we had our store. And then we were like, oh, maybe other people would like these too. And that's, you know, we were like, and, you know, went from there. And now we do fixtures and neon and furniture and all kinds of fun stuff. But um, yeah, so working, we also do consultations as well. So, you know, boutiquedecorandmore.com is where where you can find us. Or same thing, hello at Boutique Decor and More. You can email us anytime. So we work through very personally with consultations based on, you know, what the customer needs, what they're looking for, the amount of work they're looking for. Some people are just like, Hey, I can't figure out how to fit a, you know, sitting space or others are like, I'm doing a store revamp. So we really try to work one-on-one, um, in a consultation and really create that to fit our client to, um, you know, best get them what they need. So we do that as well. I love that. And then you are going to offer our listeners a deal? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I Um, can't remember it. I'm like, I think we're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we did want to offer all the listeners 20% off and just use code BDM20. So that's BDM20. And then you'll get 20% off your purchase. So yeah, go on and look and shop around anything. And especially, you know, looking into 2020, big year, um, everybody, you know, freshen up and it's a big, a great time because after the holiday rush, but before, you know, spring really hits January and February, I always say are such great times to reinvest in your store. You know, look at how you, you know, look at your holiday sales. It's your best time of the year. And how can you reinvest into your store to, you know, take it to that next level in the next year to come. So taking that time and, you know, switching the store around, taking two days to kind of, you know, shut the doors and completely revamp and then do like a fresh reopening party. That's so fun. I'm, you know, if I can make a party out of something, I will. Yeah, girl. Um, <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. I always recommend, you know, cause they're like, when would I do this? I'm like, this is the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you come into spring um, with a bang and it's, yeah, it's really, really a lot of fun. Oh, I love it. Well, thanks so much for being here today. I, You've given people great ideas. I hope they reach out to you. I hope they utilize you as an incredible resource for visual merchandising and decor. I just, I feel like you, you are going to help so many people in my community. It's very exciting. Oh, thank you so much, Emily. And thank you for having me on. It was so exciting when we, you know, spoke and set this up. I love the podcast. Um, The information you give your listeners is 
like so valuable. I hope everyone knows it is just absolutely amazing. And I will enjoy continuing to listen. And um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Boost Your Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more.